Hi everyone, my name's Lee, I haven't met you before, it's great to have you here this morning. Um, this morning is a little bit different, I am Anton. Anton was meant to be preaching, um, but this morning he called, sounding pretty sick, um, and so I have his notes, um, which are 12 pages, mine are usually four, so we'll see how we go. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'd just love you to bear with me as we um, yeah go through this passage, um, yeah, keep your Bibles open to Mark 1. That's what we're beginning our series in this morning. But how about I pray? Uh, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's powerful. Um, I pray that your spirit would be at work as we listen, as I speak. Um, we know you were at work as Anton was preparing. Um, this is a, a little bit strange, but um, your word um, and the power of your spirit can cut through. And I pray that it does. Um, so give us, yeah, humble hearts as we listen this morning. Amen. Um, so remember, this is Anton's notes. <clears throat> so Katie and I... No, no, just kidding. <laughs> if I had more time, I would have prepared a few jokes about... Anyway. Um, first slide. Uh, so these are the last words of the book of Judges in the Bible. There we are. Um, in those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as they saw fit. And at that time in history, before the likes of King David, uh, there was no king over God's people. Um, and so the result was, everyone did whatever they wanted, um, and it's one of the most gruesome books of the Bible, the book of Judges. But it's still the same approach for us, isn't it, today, uh, for many in, in our society. Um, admittedly, even myself. Um, everyone, we just do as we think is right in our own eyes, as we see is fit. Um, my own comforts, my priorities, my rights come first, um, which in some ways looks great. And for me, that largely works out, just doing whatever I think is right. Um, in Australia, we have no king and our queen has you know, very little power over us. Um, and so we can choose whoever we want to rule over us, and we did that yesterday. And there's no notes here, but do we know who like, our Prime Minister is? We do? <laughs> Sorry. Albo. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, but whoever it is, <laughs> and whether we have a king or a president or a Prime Minister, um, we all strongly lead towards, I think, making ourselves the king of our lives. We so want control over all that we do, how we spend our time, how we conduct ourselves at work. We want, to con we want you know, tight control over our financial situation. Um, we might control our diets, our habits, who we spend time with. Um, usually, that's who agrees with us. When we have control, uh, when our life is how we want it to be, when I'm in charge of me then that's when life is good, right? It feels great. We're in charge. Everything is the way that we want it to be. But the problem is, the more we desire and get our own way, the more lonely we become. The more selfish our lives are, everything and everyone is a potential nuisance or inconvenience. But the biggest problem is God becomes a nuisance 
or an inconvenience. We were made by God to live with him. He is the source of life. He is the rightful king. He knows what's best. Um, and he didn't make humans so that they would um, pull in all, like their own selfish directions, but in God's direction. Our design as human beings is not just to do what is right in our own eyes, but in God's eyes. And for Israel, back in the times of Judges, as I said, um, it was a pretty gruesome uh, time in history. Um, there was hatred among um, cultural brothers, rape and murder, idolatry and vengeance. Um, and our culture today um, is probably better, but we are a divided community on so many levels. Our environment is being pillaged. One in five Australians will experience a mental health condition each year. Um, and there is abuse in our homes and our institutions. It's fair to say that it's not exactly working out for us either. So history and our experience too often tells us that left to our own devices, things don't work out. Um, but as we start our series in Mark, um, yep, it's all about the king coming. The book starts with the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah. Uh, you might know, be familiar with the word Messiah, but it's just a fancy Bible word meaning God's anointed king. The king that God has chosen and has promised to his world. Um, and the crucial thing is, this is good news. Um, this is good news. Uh, and there's just two points from our passage today. Um, and that is, Jesus is the one worthy king. And two, there is only one worthy response. So, firstly, just having a king doesn't solve our problems. We know that. Having any sort of leader doesn't work out. Um, history has shown that many kings and queens have been overthrown um, in revolution because they were corrupt. Um, and Anton doesn't think that moving to Oman or Saudi Arabia or Swaziland is a good idea either. Um, that their absolute monarchies um, aren't great. There's no utopia there. Um, but, but even us, even the, the billions of little mini-kings, you and me, ruling over our lives, that doesn't work out either. Only a worthy king will transform our lives. Only God's king will be a blessing and will bring true good. Um, and we know who this is. Uh, John the Baptist gets us ready for Jesus. Um, in, the Old, um, in the Old Testament, um, the reading that Graham read for us today, um, but also in other places, God declares that a messenger will prepare the way for the true king. Um, there's a little slide about, you can put it up, about preparing um, a theatre that prepares the way for the Academy Awards, but a little um, free license here. When Anton first arrived at our church, um, we prepared the way for him. Um, you know, he's like our boss and he's our new senior minister. Um, and so Viv and I, we went to Macquarie Centre and we bought pink silky button-up shirts for all the staff to wear, including Anton. I don't know how it went down. I don't know if Anton is the pink silky shirt sort of guy. What do you reckon, Tom? Did it go down okay? <laughs> anyway... Um, 
that's how he prepared the way for Anton. But John the Baptist, um, he prepares the way for Jesus. Um, and equally, he wears some pretty silly clothing, um, camel's hair and a leather belt, uh, which was a little bit of a throwback to the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament as well, uh, which says he had a garment of hair and a leather belt around his waist. Uh, and both Elijah and John the Baptist were preparing the way for the same person. One was just a lot closer. Uh, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Um, John is preparing the way for the Lord to come, for God himself to come. God is the only worthy king, God who made the world, God who wrote the laws of th- physics, who pieced each molecule of your body together who designed morality and ethics. He is the only worthy king. So much so that John says this in verse 7, After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. Uh, Both Anton and I tie up our kids' shoes, um, until they learn to do it themselves, and that's fine. I don't, you know, but back in Jesus' day, untying someone's sandals or tying someone's sandals was not just a job for a Jewish slave. They wouldn't even do it. It was for a Gentile slave. Um, it was down there with the, the washing the feet sort of job. Only a Gentile slave would do this. And so for John to say, I am not worthy to even untie or tie Jesus' um, shoes, he's saying that you know, he's, he's that below Jesus. He's putting himself in complete humiliation, subordination and surrender to Jesus. Um, and it's, it's an interesting thought. I, I reckon as we were coming to church this morning, um, did we have any of those sort of thoughts um, of our position before God? Not that God is confined to this time and this place, but... Um, you know, for me, I often forget my place in this world and in my relationship with God. Um, and maybe it's because of good things, because Jesus has loved us, because Jesus has lifted us up, because he's called us his brother, because God the Father calls us his children, he invites us into his family. But still, there's a danger that we think we're on equal terms with the Son of God, or even above him sometimes. I don't know about you, but do you find yourself thinking... I know better. You know, Jesus is outdated. Or that thing he said, that's, you know, we've moved past that. Or if I was God, I would do things this way. You know, when that happens, we lose sight of who we are. Uh, When we come to church, but in all our lives, there needs to be a strong sense of surrender to Jesus. That he knows best. And that true good for us our own lives and this world resides in Jesus. Um, have a look at verse 9. Uh, it says, At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. John prepares the way for the Lord, for Jesus. Jesus walks down the red carpet and, you know, this is what happens. Um, Jesus' worthiness 
is confirmed in the events of his baptism. The voice from heaven. God says, you are my son. You know, this one here, he is my eternal son. This is the one I love. Um, This is the one through whom I made the world. Um, The spirit descends on him and um, as Tom talked about before, um, all three persons of the Trinity are here in this event. Um, In fact, the original Greek says the spirit descended into him. So Jesus is filled with the spirit, empowered um, for his ministry. Uh, We'll skip the the next slide. But Jesus is the only worthy king because he is God's son. He is the Messiah because he is God's chosen king. Jesus is the only worthy king of my life and your life and this world. He knows what is right and what is wrong. Even if sometimes what he thinks is wrong feels right. He never gave in to evil. He never did the wrong thing. He always did the will of God. Jesus is the one worthy king. That's the first point. And the second thing, therefore, there is only one worthy response. Um, John preached a message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the people confessed their sins. Um, And that's because Jesus is the good news of God. Um, Down in verse 15, it says, The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is good news. Uh, Theologian Herman Bavnik, Bavink, writes, never heard of him before. Um, It's on the screen. The kingdom of God, which was foretold and expected by the prophets, in which God would be king and his will the delight of everyone, That kingdom is now coming on earth and is near. Um, And the phrase here that that sticks out is his will, the delight of everyone. God's will, God's ways, what God wants and expects for people. It's to their delight. It's meant to bring delight. It's wonderful news. It's good news. Um, And maybe not everyone will see it. Maybe you don't see that. Um, But it is. God's ways are delightful. If you're a Christian, do you believe that? Do you believe that God's ways are good and delightful? Um, Is God's way in how you relate to your colleagues at work delightful? Or would you just rather treat others badly, try and get ahead of them, push them down, um, just get the job done, even if it means at others' expense? And what about the way that you treat your relatives? Is God's will for you delightful in that or do you you know do you gossip behind their back and um do you create factions in your family um yeah the rule of god has come and the question for us is do we trust it do we delight in it or do we go our own way Um, But there's more worthy responses in here. Um, It's repent and believe the good news. Um, Repent, um, as we heard last week, is turning. It's like a a 180 degree turn, a U-turn. Turning from self-rule, from selfishness, from self-determination. 
and going in God's direction, pulling in his direction. Um, and it's always, I don't know, for me, like it's important for me to continue thinking as a Christian, what areas of my life am I submitting to Jesus' rule? Um, I've often been given the image of a, a house with like different rooms and, you know, some rooms are open to Jesus. Yeah, come in, like, you know, say what you want, I'll, you know, I'll do that, but some rooms are closed. And I'm like, nah, what I say goes, and I don't want to listen to you. Um, it could be, you know, our finances or the way we treat our family, the way, yeah, the way we conduct ourselves at work, um, you know, those sort of things. Um, but there's believing as well. There's repenting. And there's, you know, pulling in Jesus' direction for all parts of our life. But there's believing. Um, you know, maybe you're someone out there that needs to believe that God loves you. That he is, you know, that he offers you forgiveness for everything. For all your selfish moments. For all the times that you went away from him. Trust that God accepts you as his child. Jesus as your brother. Trust that God wants to, to lift you up. Yes, we are unworthy, but he wants to put you on equal terms with him for all eternity. The good news is, um, and we'll dig into this more as we look at the book of Mark, there is salvation in Jesus, true salvation. Um, however far we've strayed from him, we can come back to him. And so there's a chance to be freed from slavery, from the kingdom of self, of me, um, of just doing what we think is right, which we know doesn't work. Um, in Jesus, there's a chance to escape the consequences of living outside God's rule. This is good and wonderful news. This is news, like John did, to declare to the masses. The kingdom of God has come near in the person of Jesus. In many ways, it might cost us in this life. Um, not doing what we want to do, what we're inclined to do, hurts. It might cost us relationally. Um, it might cost us in many ways. Um, but this passage is showing us that humbly submitting to Jesus' rule is what's good because he is a good king. He is the only good king. And so will you do that? Will you let him into all areas of your life? Will you submit more of your life to him? Because there are more areas. They just need to be identified and Jesus needs to be let in. Will you trust him that he is good? I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus. Um, even though our sin blinds us to his goodness, um, I thank you that he is a good king. I thank you that he is so good that he went to the cross to die for us, to lift us up um, for all eternity, to be in relationship with us. Um, and I pray that we would, yes, see his goodness, that we would submit to him, surrender our lives to him, and be thinking about how that plays out for each and every one of our lives, day to day. And I pray this for, for his glory. Amen.